0: It's the Punk Rock Classroom's podcast, Punk Rock Reflection, number 12. I'm going for a walk. Hey everybody, it's Josh Buckley, co-host of the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, coming at you with my punk rock reflection for this week. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, the importance of teacher voice and change and decision making in districts and in education. Um, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, that not only am I a classroom teacher, Uh, teaching government and economics, but I also serve as my local teachers associations president. So half of my day is in the classroom with kids and the other half of my day is spent working with educators and the district around advocacy issues and organizing. And so this time right now, as, as we're planning what school looks like in the fall, my main focus has been on making sure that teacher voices are in the room, right? I say it over and over again, to principals I talk to and leaders that I talk to that they have experts in their building. They need to tap into those experts and, and, and learn from what they have to say so that we can make good decisions when it comes to not only reopening schools, but a whole gamut of things that we do in education. There are people with expertise in, in what it looks like in any area. And really, if we wanna make something work as far as reopening schools in the fall, whatever that looks like, The people who are going to be doing the teaching, the people who are going to be picking up students from their houses and buses, the people who are going to be cleaning the buildings and and, and serving the food are the people that we should be asking for their input, right? The, The front office secretary knows exactly how many people come into their office and what that looks like and when it's busy and what kind of safeguards they might need place to place. And if we don't ask those people in this process, we are going to lose something in this. And so in Arizona, where I teach, we come back to school, we are supposed to have school start on August 4th. And so ever since we got out at the end of May, we've been focusing in on how do we reopen? And my refrain over and over again in these meetings that I'm in is let's make sure that we have educator voices in these meetings and in these rooms and in these spaces. So we can ask them what they're comfortable with. So we can ask them what they think they can actually do. What class, you know, what size of students can they fit in their classroom with social distancing and have all these conversations? And in all of this, um, you know, as I sit in, in these meetings with superintendencies and with superintendency and principals and district leaders having these conversations, We've been trying to pull educator voices in the room who are non-administrators, right? So one of the things that we organized as a, as a group of educators in my association is this idea of, well, let's have these virtual forums, right? The district put out three possible plans, a, a face-to-face in-person plan, a modified in-person plan where students might go to school just two days a week and half the kids would be there. Monday and Thursday, and the other half of kids would be there Tuesday and Friday, and Wednesday would be the no kid day, where maybe we could do some cleaning. Or there's the thought process of do we just open virtually? So when those plans were released, our goal was to make sure that we could talk to as many educators as possible. Our district, you know, brought teacher voices in. They did some, uh, they did some feedback, some focus grouping where they had you know 650 educators in a room. I teach in a pretty big district. We have over 3,000 teachers. And on one of these events, one that I sat in on, there were about 650 uh, educators in this room, right? So teachers uh, and uh, certified non-admin in the room that I was in. But it was surveys. It was, well, how do you feel about this plan? Um, do you like it, do you not like it? If you had to pick one, which one would you would you pick this plan? but there wasn't a lot of discussion. And so what we did is we decided that we should open up some discussion around this. And so we hosted a couple of forums uh, where we brought in groups of teachers on Zoom and we held these sort of breakout rooms in Zoom where we would have, you know, just 12 teachers in a room with a facilitator. And we facilitated and went through um, a little over 200 educators in these forums just to bring those teacher voices into that room and let them know that they had a place to 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 bring those concerns and questions around those plans. And what we ended up doing is we took all of that and we created a 19 page document with some explanation around each area that teachers had concerns and questions in, along with a list of questions and concerns that teachers had and a section on suggestions. So we compiled that all together and we delivered that to our superintendency and our governing board as they, as they decide what the future of our schools look like, we wanted to make sure that that teacher voice was in the room, that we made space for that educator voice. You know, we also met with classified staff. We met with our counselors. We had some counselors in the room, rooms, and, and we had these conversations in order to, in order to kind of dig down into what were the concerns about each of these paths to reopening school. And we did all of this work and we gathered all this material and presented it. And then literally, That afternoon when we presented it, the governor decided we are not going to open schools on August 4th in person. And the governor of Arizona has pushed back the start date to August 17th, uh, possibly starting in person August 17th. But as a district, we're going to start remotely on August 4th. Well, that poses another set of questions, right? We aren't done asking for teacher voices just because that that piece of it is over. And I think as educational leaders, and if you wanna be a leader on your site, whether you don't have to be an administrator to be a leader, Mike and I have talked about this before, like we are all have the ability to be leaders in our schools and in our districts if we step up and we stand up. So we're not done asking for that input. And so now we switch gears and, and we're going to ask people, you know, what are their biggest thoughts about going remotely? What are the tools they need? What kind of training do they need? What are the, what are the sort of steps in place they need for us to return in person? Because our district gave a August 4th, we start remotely and we'll return in person when it's safe. So we want teacher voice in that room to ask, what does it mean to return safely? What does that mean to our educators? What does that mean to our cafeteria workers and our custodians? What does that mean to our bus drivers? What do they need in place for them to feel safe to, re, to return to school in person? And as we run through this remote scenario, what do they need to be able to do their jobs remotely? Do we need to have more computers for our classified staff so those IAs can be useful? Those so are paraprofessionals can, can do some work of working with students one-on-one in a virtual setting? Can we get that to them? Can we set up ways to make sure, you know, our goal is still to feed students at our buildings, like a, a, a grab-and-go option for kids and families? So how do we support our staff when we do that there? And in a room, leaders and superintendency and, and folks can come up with a lot of, of good ideas. I don't want to diminish the importance of of what it means to be, you know, a leader in a district, but at the same time, we miss a huge piece of the puzzle if we aren't bringing classroom educators and classified staff and counselors and our psychologists and the gamut of people who are not administrators into the room to have these conversations. And it's not just the conversation around reopening schools. I think that this this thought process, this this effort to bring teacher voice and, and educator voice, non-admin educator voice in the room, has to be around every major effort that we undertake in education. Right? We might think we understand something. Leaders might think they get something, but until they they've sort of gone down to the people in the building and said, hey, tell me about how this works. How does benchmark testing quarterly, how does standardized testing affect what you do in your classroom? How does the funding that we give for your school impact what you're able to do in your classroom? What does it look like? If we don't continue to ask for teacher voices, that change is never going to be big enough. That change is never going to truly reflect what, what, uh, truly reflect what needs to happen. So we have to do that outreach. And and, and as an educator, as a classroom teacher, or if you're a leader, if you're a building level principal, uh, listening to this podcast, or you're a superintendent listening to this podcast, I I just want to say it again. You have experts in your building, you are an expert cafeteria person, you are an expert bus driver, you are an expert counselor and classroom teacher in what you do. And your voice should be in that process to make change and as districts are tackling the idea of equity in education, as districts are tackling systematic racism and its effect on their education system as, as districts are tackling what it means to return to school or any other sort of initiative that they're working on. There is an importance in that educator voice in the room to craft that change. Mike and I have talked about this idea of DIY over and over again on the podcast and that rings true, right? DIY being a kid in a punk band, it was about sort of putting everything together yourself, right? You made the flyer for the show. You went to, uh, you know, you went to, uh, you know, Kinko's or Staples or wherever and you made all those copies and you handed them out. You knew the places you needed to go to put those flyers up. You recorded your album. You put the tape together. You did all these things and you owned this thing you created, that show that your friends rented the hall to put on and that you played at, you owned that thing together. And if we want real, sustainable change in education, it has to be owned by the people in the building. If it's not owned by the people in the building, it's not going to work. And that extends to other stakeholders. That extends to our parents and our students as well. If our parents, our students and our staff do not own the change, that change is not long lasting. You'll put a strategic plan together, the district will slap its name on it and this is what we're gonna do and this is what we believe and if no one in the buildings owns it and the only people with their signature on it are the people at the top of the organization, that dies. It doesn't go anywhere. So if you're an educator, add your voice to the discussion, stand up, speak out, seek a way to put your voice into what's going on. Put your fingerprints on the change and own that change so it's yours. If you're if, if you're listening to this, you're going, Josh, I, I don't have a space to do that. Well, make one, get a bunch of teachers together, Send a message to your school board saying you'd like to have a larger voice in what goes on. Meet with some school board members, right? We have a group of teachers that meet with our school board members. We call them board buddies and they, they meet with them and they call them and if the, board, if the school board members are looking for some information, they know that they have a group of teachers they can go to. They know that they have a group of educators that they can ask those questions to, right? I work hand in hand with the president of our classified organization to make sure that we are continually finding an avenue and a path for, for the staff in our district to have that voice and push change and to have their fingerprints on what we do. Because if, if they don't, if they're not involved and if they aren't part of the process, it doesn't work. So be part of the process, get in there, demand change, get radical. Push yourself into the process so it is yours. That you are a piece of it. Bring your friends along. Bring your colleagues along. Bring your families along, and do it. All right, guys. Um, It's been a wild week. Mike uh, is in the middle of moving during a pandemic. They just they just closed on their new house. They moved all their stuff in. That's why I'm here with this episode today, and it's been. It's It's been uh, a time for needed change, needed change in education. If you haven't, if if, if it's been in the background for you, you haven't noticed it, it should be front and center right now. So I hope you'll take this moment to change. You'll take this moment to step in and help push that change. It wouldn't be a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast if I didn't tell you what I've been listening to. Right, and so for me, I've been listening to an awful lot of sort of hardcore this week. And so, uh, one of the bands that I've really been listening to, that's been sort of like my jam as as I'm as I'm going through stuff and listening to stuff right now, uh, is uh, is Rotting Out. Rotting Out has been this hardcore band that I've needed this week. It's been loud. It's like this week has been sort of everything has been going on. I've had a bunch of meetings. We've been organizing all this stuff and I just need to be able to, to turn it on and crank it up. And so that's been my jam this week is rotting Out's new album Ronin, uh, which is, which is good stuff. So go check it out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember that you can find us on the web at www.punkrockclassrooms.com. You can follow us on Twitter <clears throat> at punk Classrooms. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley and you can follow my wonderful punk rock pal, uh, my co-host, my punk rock brother in arms, Mike Earnshaw. You can follow him at EduChef Earnshaw on Twitter as well. <clears throat> also, all of those also work on Instagram. So if you want to follow the show on Instagram at Punk, rock Cla- at punk Classrooms, if you want to follow me at Josh R. Buckley, if you want to follow Mike at uh, Earnshaw, you can follow us on both of those places. Have a fantastic uh, week help make the change, be a voice, get that DIY action going. And we'll see you at the show. I'm going for a walk.